Hi there, my name is Quinn Slobodian. I teach history at Wellesley College and I'm in conversation today with Pamela Lee, who teaches art history at Yale University. And she's also the author of the recent book, Think Tank Aesthetics, Mid-Century Modernism, The Cold War, and the Neoliberal Present from MIT Press. So I wanna just jump right in and ask about the links in that chain that you set up, especially the one that lands on the neoliberal present. How do you see mid-century modernism and the Cold War somehow adding uh, a, a sequential link that leads us to something you call the neoliberal present? Sure. Um, well, I, I suppose that part of the ambition here is to uh, demonstrate for um, those readers who may not well remember the Cold War that in some ways the Cold War is still very much being fought in the ways of technology, technocultures, and markets. And it's within the institution of a think tank that I begin to, um, that, that I begin to elaborate uh, new conversations and relations between different research communities um, in, uh, in, in their interests, particularly within art, visual culture, and aesthetics, and how those uh, seemingly disparate uh, phenomena, how they might inform then new policies around both economics as well as defense strategy. Right, and you give wonderful sort of sometimes even startling examples of that exchange, especially in the Southern California world populated by the Rand Corporation and, and some um, experiments in, in things like pop art and, and sort of system thinking. The one aspect of the book that I was hoping you could say a little bit more about is how you connect this to the, the Mont Pelerin Society, which is often seen as the kind of flagship organization of the neoliberal intellectual movement founded by Friedrich Hayek in 1947. And it's, there's a less immediately obvious connection there in the sense that they weren't literally commissioning pieces from artists, they didn't have artists in residence. And yet you have some sort of provocative ideas there about how we can see mid-century modernism and aesthetics also connected to sort of organized neoliberalism. Sure. Um, well, something that always struck me about uh, the Mont Pelerin Society and their own sort of self-description is the notion of them being a kind of thought collective. Um, and it's a phrase that uh, many historians and, and critics have seized upon to, um, to, to capture something of the transdisciplinary or even interdisciplinary uh, collaborations that occurred um, between its various members from the very from the early 20th century all the way up to now. So something just about the organization of this this group and the kind of uh, intellectual work that is being produced and performed um, across different disciplines um, was uh, very suggestive to me in terms of uh, the current state of, of higher education and university, and something as well about how these sociologists, these mathematicians, these figures who are um, more or less aligned with what we would now call the STEM disciplines, how their attraction to questions around the aesthetic uh, begin to migrate to other kinds of, well, think tanks, actual think tanks around mid-century uh, going forward. And so that's part of what I want to narrate in this book. So do you think there is something that you could call a neoliberal aesthetics? And if so, what would that look like? 
Yeah, that's a great question because, uh, in fact, um, it's it's precisely the unpin downable uh, quality of what it looks like that is uh, the sort of existential question being posed here. Uh, but when I talk about aesthetics and neoliberal aesthetics, I suppose that we would want to think less about uh, and absolutely not about categories of beauty that the, the term aesthetic seems to name, but rather um, something closer to um, to what someone like uh, Raymond Williams would call a structure of feeling, um, the kind of uh, affective or um, the sensibility around um, neoliberalism. And the fact that when we talk about neoliberalism, both within the academy and within popular culture, um, phrases such as immaterial labor, affective labor, creative economy, all of these um, sort of descriptors for how we sort of work and live and be in the world, um, that they resonate very strongly, I think, with um, a notion of the aesthetic that um, is, is being sort of elaborated here.